When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Absock, and this is Daily Thrones, a quick look at the world of ice and fire, and it is Wednesday, which means we can start looking forward to episode four of season seven, and still break down what's going on in the episodes prior, a lot of stuff coming out of those episodes, fueling theories and thoughts and speculations, and Daily Thrones is your location to hear them, disagree, agree, and maybe fret that some of them might be true. Looking ahead to episode four, watching the preview again right now, and, I, you know, it looks chaotic. It looks great. It looks like we're going to have a lot of things. The thing that sticks out more than anything is Danny is pissed. Danny is losing, and Danny is tired of playing little games. I think she's going to go scorched earth with those dragons, and this is some of the stuff we saw in the overall season previews prior to the start of the season. Uh, we got Jamie on the field of fire. We got Dothraki hordes, dragons flying overhead. We got a lot of fire, not a lot of ice in some of the stuff we saw. And I think that is what will start. Not necessarily happen in episode four, but that is what will start with this episode. Danny is pissed, and Jorah is coming back maybe to be her military advisor. We'll see if he even gets the Dragonstone in time or Dragonstone at all. You guys had some good thoughts on Jorah yesterday. Also on the station today, we're going to talk about Euron being a possible savior. Theories about Bran, who he is, what he is, and what he has to do. And how will Jon Snow figure out and learn who he really is? That's some of your thoughts and theories that will be coming in today. So if you have an idea on those topics, let me know. Call into the station here on Daily Thrones as we get ready. Hey, Ken. Now that we've seen Bran's ability to show people his affliction by tapping into these personal, private memories that they have, um, we saw this in that uncomfortable but necessary scene between him and Sansa underneath the Weirwood at Winterfell, um, where he tells her that he, you know, he saw the wedding with her and Ramsay and and proves to her that his affliction is real. Um, I'd like to know your opinion on what you think is going to happen with John's parentage. Do you think that Bran is actually going to be the one to tell John, um, as they've kind of alluded to with these flashbacks? Or do you think that was just to prove it to us and that there will be some sort of physical proof either at Winterfell or maybe even at Dragonstone, where he currently is? Um, I'd love to know your thoughts. Thanks for taking the call, Ken. Have a great day. How will Jon Snow find out that he is not Jon Snow? It's a question we've been asking for a long time, but we're coming down to the answer. And Thomas is calling into the station here at Daily Thrones to suggest, uh, not even suggest, but maybe we all kind of think that Bran might be the one that tells him. In fact, Bran says quite plainly to Sansa, Oh, where's Jon? I need to talk to him about some things. And Bran, like a lot of Starks these days, is keeping information close to his chest. 
until the right time. I think it'll happen in two parts. I think John will be confronted with it in some way. There'll be some kind of information given to him, whether or not he returns and it's Bran at the Weirwood Tree telling him, it's Littlefinger dropping some hints. I don't think John's going to believe it the first time around. I think it's going to be one of those uh, Luke Skywalker moments where he just cannot face the fact that Darth Vader is his father. Jon Snow, though being a Targaryen is not horrible, he, he, he wanted to be a Stark his whole life. He was raised to be a Stark. And yes, again, Lyanna Stark is his mother, we believe, but he would be considered a Targaryen. I think he would view view that as not necessarily bad news, but not the news he's wanted. So I think he's going to have some trouble with it. Then I think he'll be confronted with absolute evidence, and I think that might be around dragons. We saw him duck when a dragon flew over, just as he mentioned, I'm a Stark. A little bit of foreshadowing, a little bit of fun from the creators of uh, the show. Maybe, but I think there will be some kind of irrefutable evidence that Jon Snow will have to face, swallow the hard truth, and accept his true destiny as a Targaryen and Stark. A true song of ice and fire. What do you guys think? How will Jon find out that he is not Jon Snow? Hey, Ken. I think you're right. I think Bran will tell Jon. I think Jon will make it back to Bran and he'll tell him that, hey, you're not Ned Stark's son, actually. You are Lyanna's son, and your father is Rhaegar Targaryen. And as you said, John probably won't believe him at first. That, that would be way too much to process. But I have said before, and I firmly believe Howlin' Reed is going to make his, uh, really his debut on the show this season, and maybe Howlin' Reed if you want to put it back into Star Wars analogy like you did earlier, maybe Howlin' Reed will be the Yoda and say, Rhaegar, your father is. And that will be the confirmation John kind of, uh, uh, maybe not okay with it, but to believe it all. Hey, Ken. So when I was watching The Queen's Justice and I was listening to John plead his case to Danny about the undead, it made me think of Stannis and how way before John, Stannis understood the threat the undead posed and he was the one that wanted to deal with it. He was the only one that went to the wall to deal with it. And although things didn't exactly work out for him, I still believe he deserves credit for recognizing what winter is coming truly means, as he says to Davos, it's a fact, and it's coming for all of us. You know, when Eric Monroe calls in about Stannis Baratheon, I have to post it. And yes, Eric, I too, as one of the only Stannis Baratheon fans left, really felt for Stannis when everyone's like, oh, there's Dragonglass? There's Dragonglass in Dragonstone? Stannis had already said this. There's this great uh, a moment in Alt-Shift-X's latest review of, uh, I think, I believe it was a episode two of Game of Thrones this season, where Alt-Shift-X says, hey, you know, Stannis did already say this, but no one listens to Stannis. <laughs> and that's what I feel here. I'm getting choked up about it, is that Stannis Baratheon had the right had everything in mind, had, had, had the end goal in mind, was the only one willing to go north. Only one. He would have, take my dragon glass. He would have done it. No one wanted to listen to Stannis. <sighs> Eric, it's just you and me left defending Stannis the Manus.
Uh, Kevin Ross here. Don't catch your hair on fire or lose your head over Stannis Baratheon. Um, if Stannis was doing the thing for the right reason, which is stopping the White Walkers, what he would have done is acknowledge that, Ram- uh, that uh, Ramsay Bolton is the Lord of Winterfeld, would have formed an alliance with him in the first place, reinforced the wall. He would not have attacked Winterfeld in the first place the way that he did. He would not have ruined his men the way that he did. Yes, he would have uh, uh, brought it, uh, brought the wildlings across the wall himself. Okay, this is what he would have done. He would have he would have gotten every human being he possibly could together if he truly believed that the White Walkers are going to destroy everybody. Instead, the White Walkers were a means to an end. Don't lose your head over Stannis Baratheon. He got what was coming to him. Love this talk of Stannis Baratheon. I'm open to uh, opposing viewpoints on Stannis the Manus. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters, but it's hard to explain, especially after he burned his own daughter at the stake. But I do agree in some way what Kevin is saying in his call that Stannis got what's coming to him. I think Stannis Baratheon's story is of someone who was kind of like the prodigal brother's uh, prodigal son's brother, if you, if you are familiar with that biblical tale. Uh, the, the brother who did everything right, but didn't get all the praise, even though the other brother did everything wrong. And I think that's what, one of the things I identify with Stannis of. Just he, he, he was told to hold Storm, Storm's End, so he held Storm's End. And he didn't get Storm's End, he got Dragonstone. Ah, he makes the best of it. Uh, he's on the small council, but he, he, he believes in what is right. He believes in the rule of law. And, um... No one likes it. They like Renly. They like Robert. They like everyone who seems, in, in Stannis's eyes, to do everything wrong. He's a complicated character for sure, and I do believe the Iron Throne was his by right. And I do believe he did what was right, which was going up to the Wall to save the day up there. But I understand what, what, what Kevin is saying, and that's my thing about Stannis's story. It is about someone who was probably right, who probably had some claims, who probably should have been more respected than he was, but he let ego get in the way. He let personal glory get in the way. He let a weird form of personal vengeance take over, and he made choice after choice after choice that was just wrong, and we see what happens. Then, in a weird way, Stannis, I actually believe, deserved what he got, but even then, respected Brienne doing her duty at the very end. He's a complicated character for sure. I don't know if I would have agreed with the idea of him teaming up with Ramsey. We all know Ramsey's bad, and I think Stannis felt that too. But Kevin's always got some good theories. I can understand it there. Raymond K here. Thanks for the show. I just have a quick comment. I don't know if somebody else commented on this before, but in episode 3 in Winterfell, the maester tells Sansa that he has a brother that has copies of all the the messages sent back and forth with 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 the birds. And then Littlefinger looks at him. Was Littlefinger surprised? I wouldn't think so. But it looks like he was a bit surprised there. What do you think? Anyway, I don't know if this is important or not, but that's just a question I had. Thank you. Bye. 
First time caller alert here on Daily Thrones. Raymond K. checking in with a great thought starter on uh, something that a lot of people have been talking about coming out of the third episode of this season. That is Baelish's odd little reaction to Maester Wolken when Wolken said, eh, you know, I'll check with uh, Maester Lewin's uh, archive, so to speak, as he kept a copy of every Raven uh, message in and out of Winterfell. Could it be, uh, just one of the number one, could it be, and Raymond K. asked us at the end, hey, I don't know if this is important. I think it could be important. I think it is important. But it could also be one of those things that we Game of Thrones fans love to obsess over that is nothing. It just could have been some sort of look. Uh, I initially, upon watching it, thought it was about the maester not really knowing the information that Santa asked. That almost if Baelish was like, what kind of maester are you? You, know, you, you don't know. But uh, on second and third and fourth viewing, it does look more than just a quizzical glance from Baelish uh, about what it is and about, about what that could mean. Now, it could be we love to speculate is what I was starting to say there. I mean, remember last season we thought the shadow of Sirio Pharrell was seen over in Bravos. It could be that kind of thing. It could be something that we're just having fun speculating on and it turns out to be nothing. Or it could be everything. Maybe this is something that Baelish didn't see coming, didn't understand might happen, couldn't comprehend. Is this the one slip-up that could lead to Baelish's downfall? Other than Bran, of course, said, Hey, how you doing, Peter Baelish? I know everything you did because I've been watching you now for a while. That could mess a lot of people's plans up. But let's take the Bran equation out of it, or the possible Bran equation out of it. Uh, possible Bran uh, factoring into the equation is what I should say. Um late night here at Daily Thrones, but uh, I think I think it's possible. I think Baelish, this could be his big slip-up, could be his undoing. Some kind of uh, message in the records pertaining to, to the, the things Baelish did. If, if, if it, something comes out and he slips off the, the ledge that he's always dancing, that look will have meant everything. That's it for today on Daily Thrones. More broadcasting tomorrow. Already got some great calls in. You guys are doing so, uh, so great. I love what you guys are bringing to Daily Thrones as supporters of this station here on Anchor. Don't forget we have the podcast. If you're on iTunes, rate and review that and favorite the station here on Anchor so you don't miss a broadcast. EW's release pictures. They're calling them, quote, quote, leaked pictures. That's funny. Pictures of the next episode, Spoils of War. We'll be talking more about that, plus your theories, your ideas, and maybe more debates about Stannis Baratheon. We'll see you tomorrow on Daily Thrones.